Yeah, I mean, supposedly I I never watched it. Did you watch it? I watched I watched some, but it was never like, like, I I think I remember seeing like two episodes like actually sitting in front of the TV. I don't even know what the characters look like i'm gonna look it up real quick here they're weird there was a lot of sexual innuendos in that show yeah i don't remember it at all anyways speaking of sexual innuendos this is unanimous indecision that's ian rismondo i'm joshua troop we got we got a good one today um we always have a good one we have a we have a good one every week there's never two just one (laughs) Um, what we were talking about, we'll get into later in the show when we get into the news, Ren and Stimpy. Otherwise, uh, a lot of good news today. Uh, DC making some very strange moves. That's DC Comics. Um, although it may bleed over into Disney, a lot uh, movie industry. Maybe uh, a lot of movie theater stuff is happening. This has happened this week and is happening later this week. Uh, so we'll be getting into all of that. Of course, there's going to be some Marvel talk at the end of this because that's what we do best. Maybe you decide. Uh, it might not be be what we do best, but it's what we do most. It's what we do most. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, otherwise we just watched, uh, as we said, we were going to last week, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Taika Waititi's Hitler movie. Uh, not exactly, but (laughs) Uh, what'd you think? Uh, so I've, I, I, I've heard of this movie before watching this, I had heard of it, but I didn't know like the full summary. I didn't know like what to expect. Uh, and I gotta be honest, it started out and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, interesting concept, I guess. And Taika Waititi's portrayal of, uh, Adolf Hitler was, uh, very comedic, which as kind of it would have kind of have to be the point, right? Uh, overall, I th- I think I enjoyed it. Uh, it was pretty funny at times. Um, I I am glad to cross this off my list. I'll, I'll say it that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had uh, when this was coming out last year, I had watched a lot of the promotional stuff for it because I really wanted to watch it, and then it never came to the to the theater near us at least that i know of right uh and so didn't get a chance to watch it now i did get a chance to watch it um and hearing all the thinking back about all the promotional stuff i mean like all the actor all the acting is pretty good um i mean sam rockwell nails it scarlett johansson nails it uh the kid nails it for sure very very true um taika waititi He's always having fun, but, uh, but yeah, like one of the things he was saying in the promotional stuff is like, uh, I hear people say that like certain things are untouchable in the realm of comedy. And he was just like, and I don't believe that to be true. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's the way to go about adapting this story. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but then he went on to talk about how like here and dear, to his heart this story was because his like mom made him read the book that this movie is ultimately based off of uh now i don't think the book is a true story but maybe it is um 
It's, it's, it, the book is based off the, the real story of a uh, Hitler well, Youth kid who had schizophrenia. And... Well, obviously, like I feel like I, I don't I don't know what's in the book versus what what was in the movie, but uh, yeah, sure, really. I, I I feel like just the base outline is the same, and then it's a lot of Taika Waititi touch on it, right? Because um, the whole Hitler imagination thing feels like a Taika Waititi touch. I don't know if it actually is. Uh, so ultimately, the premise of the movie is that this Hitler youth, 10-year-old, um, he has an imaginary friend like most 10-year-olds, except being a Hitler youth, his imaginary friend is Hitler. Um, but it's not like normal Hitler. It's what he imagines Hitler to be, mm-hmm. uh, which is this fun guy, um, very exciting and encouraging and um, a good friend. And so it's really interesting to watch. And then as it kind of progresses uh, through the kid's character arc. Um, we see the change in his perception. Right, right. Of Hitler. Uh, and then, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Like the first like 15 minutes, it was really unsettling. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, I don't know how comfortable I am watching this. Um, like sure, there's that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. And then as you get further into the movie, you're like, okay, well this is pretty serious, but that moment was really funny. Right. But this is really serious, but that moment was really funny. And it just hits you through like this, like uh wave of emotions, just like really big joke, really serious moment, really big joke, really serious moment. I don't know if there's, I, and I think that, I think it did the, I think, uh, this movie did that well. I don't know if there was any point where there was like a uh, a joke during a serious moment. It toes the line very well. Mm-hmm. I think the closest thing that I can think of is just pretty much any line that Rebel Wilson says. Right, I- I'm with you. Like there, there was some. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of something off about all those officers. Uh, yeah. I guess she wasn't an officer, but uh, maybe she was. I, I didn't fully understand. But um, her me, and Sam Rockwell's character and Alfie Allen's character, the three of them were just such strange oddballs. To me, <laughs> like I just had a, like an inkling in my mind that this was just like the rejects of the Nazi army. Kind they of. Been, <laughs> left aside to train 10-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And maybe that's the case. Uh, maybe, but I guess they intended to use the ten-year-olds at the very. End. But uh, yeah, he's his friend. <laughs> Zara, he signed up. Was part of a two-man team with a RPG. And dorky. <laughs> 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 yeah, his friend was really funny. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that line? I'm just a kid trapped in a fat kid's body gosh yeah man <laughs> yeah this movie didn't pull any punches <laughs> it was like uh now i do have a question about uh sam rockwell's character because i wasn't quite sure was he actually a part of the resistance i i thought he was i think i, I think i was wrong um i don't because i don't think he was but he, he's just a good guy i think he whether he's just a good guy or he saw the writing on the wall, I mean, from the very beginning, the very first lines he says basically is that we're going to lose this war anyways. Right. Um, is like in his big speech. 
Right. Uh, so whether it was he's just a good guy or he saw the writing on the wall, he realized he needed to start making some good decisions I think <laughs> towards there were the some, end here. There were definitely some points in favor of the idea that he was with the Resistance. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that he, he lied about Inga's uh, birthday or whatever. Yeah. Elsa, saying that Elsa had said uh, that it was correct. She got that information correct. Uh, and the fact that... Um, what's the kid's name? Jojo? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. That she makes sense. That part of the movie. Rabbit. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rabbit. So that when, um, when Scarlett Johansson took Rabbit to the to the the children of youth office whatever yeah and she was like hey i need you to watch my son while i'm at work right she's just like right that's a good point too i didn't even think about that because what kind of sway does she have over the army if the army thinks that the dad is a deserter she seemed to command quite a bit of respect around town (laughs) so at least to like respectable people i mean we know that she's working with the resistance right and so i don't know but so he was pretty willingly willing to do that and then actually gave jojo some some work to like actually help around so there's there's some points in favor of that and then at the end we have the whole like he saved jojo's life um i mean there could also be something that like maybe he's from the town the german town that they're actually in and so maybe he knew her husband and he knew her and what he I knew the family. He, I definitely think he knew the family because from the moment he saw the girl, he, he already right. looked like something was off as if he knew that Inga had, had passed. But but then you still have Jojo saying the line that no one really knew. Yeah, but he's 10 years old. Yeah, right. Maybe. Passed, he may yeah. just not have known, especially because he didn't remember Elsa and Elsa says that she remembered him. Right. That's fair. That's fair. So he he was just young enough to the point where he, like I don't know I don't we don't we don't actually know the consequences of her, of uh, Inga's death. They may be well known, and right. just he doesn't know. Right, and it and it makes sense that like the SS probably wouldn't know because they're off in Berlin anyways. Right. Um, but I mean they could easily find out, sure, but they right. don't know in the instance. And uh, I guess another one, uh, which you pointed out to me uh, a little bit after the fact, was how quickly after the Gestapo show up that he shows up and was like, hey, I'm just kind of here. Just yeah, I, I thought it – and it's the, still, yeah. it still could be maybe not to the point of him, uh, Sam Rockwell's character, being part of the resistance, but still like I'm going to help this boy out, especially since his mom just died. That That's probably the real reason he shows up because – Ma- that's, that's, mommy's gone and he doesn't even know yet like it, it's hitting real hard and there's something that i didn't quite catch uh because that's the reason the ss the, show up right yes it's because they, they yeah. caught her like let's go here yeah uh but something i didn't quite catch is when when uh the Gestapo says like do you know where your mom is and he's like I, she's probably in town right and like there's a knowing look between the Gestapo, and i didn't quite catch that at the moment right because I didn't, we don't know dead. yet we don't know yeah. yet so you can't pay nice attention stuff. to what you don't know. That was elegantly done. Yeah. Uh, it was very powerful. Um, it's just brilliant, brilliantly, uh, brilliantly told story of intolerance and like we we have to consciously choose to to love each other kind of thing. 
Right. Um, that it's easy to, I think even one of the Gestapo officers, the blind, <laughs> the, the blind fanaticism mm -hmm. um, of the Hitler youth. And, but the thing is the moment you actually start talking to Elsa, oh, she's a human being, crazy. Right. <laughs> what a shocking thought. Choose um, people too. Right. <laughs> and and then but but I gotta say, like that that big moment it's probably not even the biggest yeah, no, it probably is the, the big moment, the the crescendo of character arc where he's arguing with his imaginary Hitler. <laughs> uh and he he argues with them kind of throughout it, but otherwise, it's just fun imaginary Hitler throughout the whole thing. And this is the moment I have such a huge problem. I think I've said it a few times that PG thirteen movies they know they only get one F word, and so they really like they zoom in on the person, they uh, cut the music, what whatever. <laughs> right. Um, they want to get. As much and there, use as there's so much emphasis on the F word. This might have been the most brilliant use. And I gotta tell you, I I completely yeah. forgot this movie was PG-13. Watching it, it's and it's, when he says the F word, I was just like, okay, okay, that was awesome. And then I was right. like, huh, was it? Was that the one? Was that one? And then I had to go check what this movie was rated, and I was like, that was the one. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. Uh, uh, whereas like going into other movies, I'm like, there it is. Uh, <laughs> or, or more often, like really you decided to use it here. Like it wasn't necessary. There was something that came out last year. Um, actually I may have seen it with you back in, uh, back in college, um, that we were watching it and it, we, the F word comes up and I was like, that was just a waste. Right. I, I don't like, I don't remember what exactly you're talking about. I'm trying to think of it also because I do remember there was one. The other one I just saw recently, um, and I think it's in my favorite X Men movie. Funny enough, uh, which is <laughs> X Men: Days of Future Past. I think it's in that one, um, and now the usage of it is kind of okay because of what it's doing, but it's still weird. Um, because they're referring to an in-credit scene of X-Men First Class where they go find Wolverine and um, – or not an in-credit scene, but when they're Is going the – Yeah, they're going to recruit Wolverine yes. and Wolverine says F off. Yes. Um, and then – but in Days of Future Past, they call back to that moment. But it's still weird because he's just like, no, actually, I do remember you, and I'm going to say to you what you said to me then, F off. And it's just like – Okay. <laughs> um, but but this usage, like, and then with the kick, like, it, it all works. Yeah. It all it works because it's, it's, it's arguably an action scene. I think that's why it works. Yeah. Uh, whereas everyone else does it to, to pause between the action or something or, or it's just an argument like it was in Days of Future Past. I was really happy with the pacing of this movie, whether it be from just like individual character arcs to uh, the characters like change in um, 
if it's Jojo's change in perception of, of Hitler, uh, his interaction with Elsa, like the changing, like how he talks to her and talks of her. Um, right. Like true. Because he at one point he says like hey, we're hanging out together. A little bit later he talk, calls her a friend. Right. Right. Like right. He uses different it's, phrases. Yeah, and it, it feels like a natural um, progression. And true. True. I think that happens throughout like this entire film. There's never a point that I was just like. Mm. That was a quick right. jump of relationship or something. Yeah. Right, right. Every it, it feels pretty natural throughout this entire thing. I gotta tell you that that actor he has such a fantastic worried face. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have to give it up for good child actors because uh, they are chi- children are uh, notoriously known as uh, not not great when it comes to acting. If you I mean, I gotta me. I gotta Look think the... he's definitely older than ten, right? Probably. <laughs> Despite playing a ten-year-old, although not much, right? Uh, also, what the the Hitler clones? <laughs> <laughs> the, the clones they just have in the Hitler Youth program—they're just like, oh yeah, there's the clones over there, and it's just like, um, what? Yeah, what would? Yeah, it was it was interesting on all fronts. Like part of this felt like it could just straight up exist in our world, and then there were others that it's like living up to the comedy aspect of it. Right, right. Which again, when you're touching a, a topic such as as uh, Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany, uh, I feel like it was. If you're not doing a straight like historical drama or documentary, I feel like this was a good a good touch. Right, because it could have felt way more like a parody than it did. Right. Um, whereas it still hit those very serious beats very well. Like, there there was no sugarcoating it, you know? And, and any sugarcoating that was done was in explanation to this 10-year-old. Uh, but otherwise, like, it still embraced how serious of a topic it was. It just because we were seeing the movie from the perspective of a 10 year old, there's some ridiculous things going on in his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also a little bit of ridiculous things going on. Uh, <laughs> like his friend, but yeah, this right. kid is 13 years old this year. So he was 12 in Jojo rabbit. Okay. okay. Oh, but he was auditioning at the age of nine <laughs> for Jojo Rabbit. Man, he's, he's been a part so of So he probably was around 10 when they were getting started to film it. Okay. And then by the time they finish and release it. Um, but yeah, the acting in this movie is stellar. Um, what would you say if you had to point to a favorite moment of this film? What would it be? Ooh. Tough. Because I have mine. Tough. You say yours. I'll, I'll think about mine. Okay. The scene that starts out with with Jojo yelling at his mother, and then he, she's like, "Do you want to speak to your father?" Oh man! And he's like, "Yes, I do." And she goes off and smears soot on her face, and then like a beard, be, yeah, yeah, pre- pretends to be uh, Jojo's father. I thought that scene was brilliantly done. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um. 
it, it's it's hard for me to distinguish every in interaction with Elsa because some of them kind of blend together. Right. Um, but, I mean, you could, if you want to say his interactions with Elsa. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of that, and and like you said, just the how they showed like the character arc through the way they talk to each other, mm-hmm. um, and how like initially the conversation is like he he views it as an interrogation initially, and she's just telling him what he's expecting to hear already. Yeah. Um. But then it shifts into he's trying to have a conversation and she's kind of still telling him what he should want to hear. Um, And he doesn't like it when it gets to like that point And he's like, no, I don't I don't know about that. And then like the whole like you like ugly things and that moment. And um, because like he's curious because he's ugly. He He views himself as ugly. Right, he feels himself as as horrid and, and um, crippled, and because that's the way the culture was, which and, is terrible. And that's the way everyone else had been describing him, and yeah, she didn't see him that way. And that's like that feeling to him was new. Someone actually saw him for who he wanted to be seen as. Right, which was kind of the exact same thing that he was doing to her, basically. And I think something, right. yes, exactly. And I think something else that was like um, supplemental to that was when he asks imaginary Adolf Hitler, do you think I'm ugly? And Hitler goes, of course. <laughs> it's so it's such a quick response. <laughs> and the, um, I think that re- like really distinguished right. Elsa in his mind as a person. Because she says like the thing like an artist doesn't see ugly things or something like. It's it it just like a lot of a lot of good good moments. Yeah. Um, and it's very touching and heartwarming and um, and she has that wonderful thing of like no Jojo you're not a Nazi you're just a 10 year old who likes dressing up and being part of a group and is obsessed with swastikas <laughs> right just because you're obsessed with swastikas doesn't make you a Nazi but uh, but yeah like their whole interaction is fantastic it's so good um but yeah otherwise uh it's a really touching movie everyone should go check it out uh definitely uh maybe have like a cleanser ready at the end a, a nice just straight comedy like there's funny moments in this movie and i was laughing out loud for sure um but it's also it's a it's a little heavy hitting um I do appreciate them talking about uh, my – is it my favorite? I don't know. Uh, but uh, the Tom – not the Tom Cruise movie, but the story that the Tom Cruise movie goes over of Operation Valkyrie. They talk about von Stauffenberg um, and the attempted assassination of Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I can appreciate – like th- those are the little like details that made it feel like – very not not to say realistic because there, there's a lot of imaginary elements in it um and that was that the wasn't the stuff <laughs> but uh but yeah gave, gave it a lot more context yeah um so everyone should go check it out 
Uh, it's a very powerful movie. Fantastic acting. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think Scarlett Johansson got the Oscar last year. I and she probably should have, because from what, because she did this and Marriage Story, which I heard was really good. Um, and so if she didn't, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the other choices were, but I know she was one of the choices and she was at least phenomenal in this movie. Um, yeah. there is a weird moment though. That soot scene where her, <laughs> her lipstick is like, dude, I, it, that, it they have to have reapplied that after applying the soot to her face. Absolutely, because <laughs> it's too bright. Thing, her lipstick is immaculate, and if you look closely, there's like a small, like a millimeter or two millimeters or something, of like clean skin all around her lips. Which, if you're just smearing soot across your face, is not happening. Yeah. Um, but it was just a minor thing, even though it was, <laughs> it stood out to me. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else to say about this movie? Uh, I do not have anything else to say about this movie, other than right. people should go watch it if they get a chance. Um, it's not the lightest movie, but uh, it, you'll you'll enjoy it. I, I think everybody will enjoy this um, over a certain age. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were talking earlier. You, you probably like, like like despite it being about a ten-year-old and some elements of his imagination, like I said, imaginary Hitler, but. And despite there being some very funny jokes in this movie. Yeah, you, you might think they're funny at the age of 10 or at the age of 13 or whatever. But, like, I, I still feel like to, to gain the weight of the jokes and accept actually why it's funny. You need to be a little bit older. You need to be probably a little bit older. <laughs> right. um, and the reason I say 13 because it's PG-13, 10 because the kid's 10. So, but in reality, like to gain the full matter. weight of exactly what's going on, sure people are making jokes and imaginary Hitler has some funny comments, but they're they're funny in a in a pretty dark way, <laughs> if you actually think about it. Um, so to to gain the full context, probably need to be a little older. That's just my opinion. Maybe not. Okay. Well, thank you for your input on this movie. Uh, that is now the only input on this movie that exists ever. Yeah, no one has ever said anything about Jojo Rabbit, which true. I think was also nom almost nominated for an Oscar. Um. <laughs> okay, well, I think we'll probably head on into the uh, a little bit of the news section. Just before we do uh, that, uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, also, go like the Facebook page, join the Facebook group, Unanimous Indecision. It's all under the same name. Um, if you have any questions, want to suggest a movie review, feel free to comment it just about anywhere on those pages. <laughs> uh, if you comment just about anywhere, I might not see it. But <laughs> if you actually put it on Unanimous Indecision's page, then I will see it. And who knows, maybe we'll review it. Uh, we are about to get back into new movies, maybe. Uh, soon here uh, so you're, you might be missing out your chance but we also might have some gaps still here and there before movies fully get up and running again 
That's true. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Otherwise, you said there was news? What could there possibly there be news, news on? So, going back to what we touched on kind of at the beginning, uh, it's Ren and Stimpy. And for those who don't know, which I think you need to do a little bit of. Yeah, I have no idea what Ren and Stimpy yeah. is, but uh, I uh, saw it was coming back. It's a very <laughs> old cartoon that uh, was pretty funny, and apparently it's got a cult following now, which I was not aware of, as I'd only seen some some episodes from like way early in my childhood, uh, and then just what I've seen online afterwards. Um, but this show was controversial during its runtime, uh, <laughs> quite a few uh, sexual innuendos and, and questionable content. Um, yeah, but we've moved past that as a society. <laughs> it uh, it tried to come back in uh, 2002 with a little bit of, a, like they they tried to rebrand it more towards adults uh, and more towards that explicit content. Okay. And it it uh, it ran for three episodes, had absolutely horrible <laughs> reviews, and was canceled. Wow, that quick, huh? Yep. Uh, and I think the only thing canceled faster than that would be Inhumans. I don't know. Inhumans got a full season. Yeah, but it was canceled after its first episode aired. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it got its full season, but it, it was it was canceled almost immediately. When was Swamp Thing canceled? That's a good question. So we've got some Ren and Stimpy news. Uh, looking like bringing the show back, trying to get some new episodes. But it's it's a pretty controversial idea, kind of due to the uh, sexual allegations. Not even allegations at this point. It's been proven from uh, its its creator. No way. Uh, this is one of Harvey's. No, uh, this is uh, John Crick Falusis. I have no idea who that is, if I'm being honest. Definitely pronouncing that name wrong, but that's, that's the guy. And he's uh, so a lot done of some problems. Are, uh, done some problems with, with people, uh, smaller humans, younger humans. Oh, jeez. Uh, like, sexually grooming. So why are we bringing this show back? Well, because <laughs> everyone uh, everyone with the project has said that like he is not affiliated with it. He's not getting sure. money from it. He is in no way connected to this project at all. But others are saying, why are we even like trying to revamp something that happened like twenty something years ago? There's new content that we can we can right could could try and come up with an original idea. I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's kind of what the controversy is about. Um, but as far as we know, the project's greenlit, and we'll be hearing more about it in the coming months. Now, so so you watched, I guess, what whatever the original run was in like the early '90s or something. I did. Um, I didn't see much of it. Like I wasn't someone who's was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go watch Red and Stimpy." Right. But I do remember catching a couple episodes here and then. Now, do you think that, like, well, on one hand, okay, maybe we're not. We're, we still won't like just like in 2002 necessarily uh, this kind of concept. But do you think they could tweak the concept a little bit and still lean into that adult humor? Um, in favor of, say, something to the effect of, like, Rick and Morty, which is possibly the most... As lit as few episodes that are out for Rick and Morty, it might be the most popular adult comedy car animated show. Jeez. Aside from the stuff on, like, Adult Swim, and I guess, like, Rick and Morty now, the idea of an animated show, like a kid's show, covering really adult content has always been kind of off-putting to some um and there's there's always been successful stuff and some of the earlier earlier nickelodeon shows uh had some pretty right uh pretty heavy topics um but i don't know i don't know if nowadays like in 2020 we we are ready we can have children's shows that 
tell me more. But now, is it a children's show? Because, like, I don't know if I think, like, Rick and Morty is a children's show. I mean, they're, like, swearing at each other every other episode and shoving things in random places. Um, That's fair. That's fair. But I'm, I'm I'm trying to believe that... It, I think it was geared towards children. Okay, so back then maybe, but back right, then. but right now they're talking about it more as an adult comedy. Yeah. So I mean, I, may, I, maybe by t- targeting their audience a little better, they show it a little later in like, kind of like so, a Family Guy time slot, so to, to speak. To to put some perspective, uh, the Red and Stimpy show, which was what the original show was called, mm-hmm. uh, it was what it's it, it was aired on Nickelodeon. Wow. Uh, and it was one of its first shows, and it it ran alongside Rugrats and oh, Doug. Which, so, yeah. <laughs> and here on this Wikipedia page, it says, In contrast with other shows on the network, the series was controversial for its dark humor, sexual innuendos, adult jokes, and shock value. Huh. So, it's... Do you know how long it ran for originally? Let's see. Like two seasons? Three seasons? Uh, it premiered on 90, uh, in 91, and it ended in 95. Wow, so, I mean, four years isn't bad. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, if we look at other animated shows that started in the 90s, we're talking like right. The Simpsons, Family Guy. Well, no, Family Guy's 99, I think, so it still counts. Um, I think South Park might just barely be in the 2000s. Um, so, like, th- those shows have been around for a while, so may- maybe four years isn't so great, but... Uh, if it wasn't an animated adult show, four years isn't too bad for a regular show, you know? True, but again, this was geared towards children because it was right. on Nick. Which is... Uh, now, that's interesting. I, I'd be curious to see how far, like, the original went because, like... I, from some of the... Just... On, in, in your spare time, uh, and won't cover too much of it here because it does get into some pretty... Uh, interesting stuff okay. uh, just go on youtube and look at ren and simpy like sexual innuendos and you'll find so much stuff now i'm and okay with stuff- sexual innuendos it's when there's like like an innuendo is okay because most kids won't pick up on it anyways right sure like like there's also some more uh they're i'll say they're always pushing the boundaries of the of what is an innuendo and what is just actually uh Sure, but uh, take a movie like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. which has like Jess- Jessica Rabbit, right? Jessica Rabbit. Um, she is very sexualized. There is a yes. ton of sexual innuendos. Some aren't with her, but most of them are. Um, and like I watched that as a kid, and I probably the f- the first few times I saw it, I didn't pick up on half of them. Like now I see them, but <laughs> sure, sure. Um, uh, there, I mean, there was also, if we want to talk about that, which we probably shouldn't, there's some other controversy regarding her from that movie. Right, right, right. Uh, there, there's other stuff too, but. Yeah. But, I mean, in, in most times, in, like, if you want to talk about, like, there's always, like, adult jokes in kids' stuff. Right. Just to make it palatable for the for the parents. I mean, I think them. the best. I would say the best one I can think of is Shrek. Yeah, the the best kids' stuff is actually kind of for adults, <laughs> I would argue. Because um, there's there's a little bit of something for everyone, and again with Shrek, there's so many jokes that kids absolutely love. Yeah. But then there's enough of it in there for parents. They're like, no. There's yeah. There, oh there's there's a lot of layers to it that every time you go back and watch it as you grow up, 
you'll pick up on more things and pick on, on something different be able to enjoy it from different perspectives as you grow up whereas right. if it's just for kids it becomes like to me in order to make it just for kids you have to make it like for for six or seven year olds but like if you're gearing it towards like 12 or 14 year olds you might as well just make it for like parents <laughs> but have right. like just don't be too serious about it but have it for parents um otherwise i don't know uh yeah i'll have to look into this i mean i guess if it's coming back but otherwise i don't know if i have too much interest with the number of shows that are i just uh i sent you a synopsis of one of the clips <laughs> jeez uh, yeah, so <laughs> that that's, that's not just... an innuendo. Um... Well, there you go. So, an innuendo is again on the lighter side. Again, they they yeah. go much further. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, that's... I wanted to give you an idea of some of the things that. Um, I'm not gonna read that out on here because yeah. yeah. we're we're apparently more of a family show than Ren and Stimpy on Nickelodeon. So at least are, we tried to be. Are we PG-13? Uh, we get one F word? Depends on the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so yeah we'll probably have some more news about ren and stimpy uh revival coming out soon of course 2020 is the year of ren and stimpy's return uh with everything else that's going on it's no surprise. <laughs> wait is it actually starting back this year or no i just okay. that we yeah, hear yeah, about yeah, yeah. it because it was, it was greenlit august 5th okay. so like we're, we're not getting it for the way you're saying that i was like wow that really is a... <laughs> yeah i mean just that we just the fact that we hear about it like, sure that makes sense. fair enough all right well let's move this along what's next so let's move into some more kid-friendly content uh Ooh. john wick oh the most kid-friendly yeah yeah so uh, John Wick, we got some news recently that uh, John Wick 5 uh, has been greenlit, and it will be going uh, into production immediately after John Wick 4 ends. Does... I like the, uh, the shooting ends. Okay. Uh, um... So it's just like they're just doing these two back-to-back. -back. How, how long ago was John Wick 3? When did that come out? Was that just last year? That feels that like... Was recent. I feel like it was, it was just was last it year. It was like yeah. 2018, 2019? I think it was just last year. Probably. Let's check. Um... Which uh, chapter three was twenty nineteen. Yeah. So, wow, they're yeah. they're really pumping these out. I feel like. John, well, John Wick Forest supposedly uh, has its release date set to twenty twenty two right now. I don't know the okay. actual date. But maybe so, that's because they're gonna wait till five is pretty much done before they release four. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, there's probably some setbacks due to this. Uh, COVID has pumped pushed everything back by a good four or five months. Ooh. Uh, so if they were gonna release it at the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah might get pushed to 2022 now who knows uh that makes me think an interesting theory but before i do that what's your favorite john wick movie Ooh, that's a really good question um or john wick moment let's do a moment okay i was gonna say for for movie i i'd say that john wick one fantastic it like it's it's the first foray into this universe and so they they have to like set some ground rules they yeah. give us enough stuff uh while still giving us a, a really interesting movie um i really like the idea of the i can't remember the name of it now the um the hotel, continental the, the hotel the continental, the yeah. continental just the idea that that's like that's sacred ground you don't it's switzerland you don't you don't fight there no business is conducted on the right grounds. um i like that idea that's pretty cool um i'd say something that's probably the most interesting uh, there's a couple things that i think are um kind of set john wick apart and kind of remove it from 
existing in our reality really <laughs> would, be, would be the idea of and i think it's i think it's john wick 2 okay uh in in italy right where, i think that's right in tunnels which i think is supposed to be below the coliseum right yeah and like it's just wave after wave of minion come after him. there's so and many it's like, this isn't this isn't like uh this wouldn't be like an underground guy in, in real life doing that this this is a video game that, that's kind of the way the movies feel a little bit uh, and I, and I, it's not it, a bad it thing. It's not, not a bad no, thing. No, it's definitely not a bad thing. It's definitely not a bad thing. I just think it's kind of like the whole thing about John Wick is we're seeing like the under the uh, the underground of of the real world, uh, like because I don't think we've ever seen police do a single thing in this universe ever. I don't even know if there are police in that universe. The, but that's my point. Is <laughs> all this stuff happens? There's like gunfights happening right outside, like in New York, and everything that's happening. And I, I mean, we haven't seen a single bit of police. We 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 saw like, uh, private military descend on the continental. And and this that that just wouldn't that just wouldn't fly. Now, now it's actually really funny because I really like one two, what mm-hmm. I really like one also. Yep. One two uh, three. One two three. <laughs> but uh. And I think it's because three has three to me has my instance of where this can't possibly be taking place in our reality. But at the same time, it has my two favorite John Wick fight scenes. Okay. What are those? Uh, my two favorite John Wick fight scenes are the knives, that knife store. Okay. Yes. And he's yes. just constantly taking stuff off the shelves. It's super violent, but man, it is such a good sequence. Yes, I agree. Um, and it feels one shot ish. I don't know if it is, but, uh, it feels that way. Uh, and, but it's such a, it's such a cool sequence. And then, so that one's probably my favorite fight scene. And then second favorite fight scene is at the end of the movie with those two guys in like that mirror. Yeah. that I was. I so was not even the actual the final fight, but the fight leading up to it. I was thinking about that as well because it seems like there these are mini bosses now. Like we're gonna fight you one time. They're they're so like they're so respectful. They're so <laughs> grateful to be able to fight the John Wick. Right. Um, so there's like a lot of good jokes in it that don't feel like overly corny. But then also it's just a great fight between like people that respect each other but also are willing to kill each other. You're right. Um. And so, so those two fights, but the moment that to me takes me out and makes me go, mm, maybe this isn't our world, um, is that when, because uh, three is the one where like they really pull out the, they really blackball him, right? Where they're like, he's completely free range, like literally anyone can go get him. I mean that was yeah the end of two. They're yeah, like, okay. Right, he's free reign. All right. Like the very ending of two was like you know what, he is free reign. Anyone can anyone can go and attack him, and that was the premise of the entire third movie. Is that this is the consequences of the yeah. Attack. And so kind of the beginning of that, which I guess it's I want to say it's after the knife fight scene where he's just like traveling through New York or wherever and just every literally everywhere he goes. Uh huh. And I feel like everywhere he goes, everyone's an assassin. He sees them because, like, every every time he like looks left or right, someone's like looking up at him. There's a hobo that looks up at him. There's <laughs> just some some citizen looks up at him, and it's like 
He's like, there, who's that? Do you want with them? I, I want someone to run the numbers that, like, out of all the people we see in these movies, what percentage of them are assassins? Because I feel like it's upwards of, like, one in five. Right. Like, one in five people in the entire movie is an assassin, <laughs> which is a crazy high percentage. Right. Um, I think if I had to choose another favorite moment, uh, would probably be in in Chapter 3 when uh wick has uh his dog taken to the continental is like can you watch over him yeah that's good and he's like in the the front desk guy's like of, of course and at the end of the movie he's like the dog's all fine it's like he's happy to see you and whatnot yeah i, I, I really like just the professionalism of like you may be completely outlawed to, to everything here but that doesn't have to deal with <laughs> right the dog's not a part of that right right, right. <laughs> it's like Sure, I mean, it's, it's the it, dog. Professionals have standards. Right. <laughs> um, so have you seen all three John Wicks? I, I did. The The third one I saw, I've lost track of time because of coronavirus, but I saw the third one at some point. Okay. At as the beginning of this outbreak. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but so does it say why they're looking to film them back to back? Because I, I have an idea. I, I haven't heard too much about that, but I'm interested to hear your ID. Uh, idea. ID. Oh, so yeah, it is. My ID. But what is your ID? <laughs> um, four, seven. Uh, no, uh, I think my <laughs> idea is, so we've been hearing a lot of talks about Keanu Reeves maybe being casted for some big things, whether it's DC movies or Marvel movies. Um, and now I'm, I'm not going to necessarily say which, um, but I do think it's to clear his schedule get these out of the way because he obviously wants to make these movies he he seems to be having a really good time with them uh the way he talks about it, the john wick character the john wick world um how it i mean the whole thing started is just basically an indie movie that basically kick-started re- rebooted his career <laughs> right right um and kind of started the what everyone else calls the kianasans i don't think the kianasans ever ended because speed is fantastic <laughs> I mean, he's been around since. If you believe the internet, he's been around since the 1500s. So, true. I mean, I've seen Bill and Ted, so I know that to be true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a documentary. Changed my mind. <laughs> and, but John John Wick four and five. So you you do him back to back because he likes right. the project, likes the guys right. in charge of it. Uh, but he does understand maybe. Maybe he doesn't want to be John Wick forever. He wants to move to a, a different role, maybe a higher paying role, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so with suppose where I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed for him to have talks with Kevin Feige, with people over at DC. So he's in talks for maybe a big superhero role. And maybe it's just me being a fan and wanting him to take a superhero role. Um, because what okay. he's done for John Wick is awesome. Uh, I really hope the John Wick uh, stunt coordinator and fight coordinator, I hope they come along with him. Right. But so, okay, so, I, I think it's – so you, you knock out four and five, and then by, you said, 2022 maybe, his schedule's cleared. He can be as involved in whatever massive universe role for Marvel or DC. Or maybe or both. Sure, why not? I mean – So do you th- – if you if it was just one, 
and it usually is for some of the bigger names. Uh, what do you think he'd be part of the? He's gonna be. He would be part of the MCU or DC. What do you, what what is your gut instinct saying? I think it depends on what he's offered. Because like, if Obviously he it does. if he's offered, I could see him being offered like a one off role for one of them, and then a bigger role for the other. Okay. Uh, t- but who do you have him portraying? Either DC or Marvel. Obviously, I want him to be in Marvel because I'm just a huge I mean, yes. Marvel nerd. So I'm gonna go Marvel. There's two picks I have for it. Okay. Um, one I feel like is kind of weird because the character's always been portrayed to have blonde or gold hair, and that's Adam Warlock. Okay. And that's a character we know is coming because of the Guardians two in credit scene. How many years ago was that? <laughs> Uh, twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Man, maybe twenty seventeen. Um, well, I mean, he is the perfect human, so that's what I'm saying. Keanu Reeves is perfect to play the perfect man. To play <laughs> Adam. Time. Uh, but no. uh, otherwise, my other choice, because I okay. think his voice would be fantastic for it. Squirrel girl. And be and I'm gonna say this instead of the villain because I want him to show up more. But I do think right. he'd do the villain also of Galactus. He he would do that very well. But the uh, the step it down a notch and the Silver Surfer who who'd be able to show up probably more often. Okay. I I think he would do a phenomenal job as this cosmic being as one of those. I mean, all three of those characters are kind of cosmic beings a little bit. Um, right. They all have like an insane amount of knowledge, and they're very zen. <laughs> now, he's he's up there in his fifties. Yeah. Uh, do you think that? And so far, he's been recently. He's been doing a lot of action roles, um, and he's doing them very well. He he doesn't look like he's in, slowing down anytime soon. Ooh, what if he did uh, Doctor Doom? I I don't know, but that'd be like a well, more involved I, I role. Think he would. <laughs> Yeah, do you think he'd be a character who has a bit more of the physical actions, uh, action scenes or something that he doesn't necessarily need to to do that as much? And that's not to say anything about – because, like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I think was in his 50s uh, for the most recent Iron Man and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, so I think I think at least all those characters I mentioned, even Doctor Doom, uh, Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer, Galactus, Adam Warlock, they don't – they're not very uh, – at least what I call punchy characters per se. Yeah, I was gonna say like hand fighty. Uh, I mean, Silver Surfer when his powers get removed, I guess he is. Um, but he also kind of goes into like this almost Star Trekky story arc that just like solving multi multiverse problems. <laughs> right. Uh, but otherwise, like a lot of them, I just imagine it'll be a lot of CG work, anyways. So. I don't know how much stuff he'll actually get to or have to do in any of those roles. Um, I mean, Dream, but you'd have to cut his hair to make him look a little bit more like Neo. Uh, I guess is Mr. Fantastic, actually, because that's my favorite comic book character. Um, and he kind of looks like him. But if we're getting John Krasinski as that, that's okay, too. <laughs> all right well i mean it'd be exciting uh something else that may i i think you might be right with uh them i think it's clearing doing. the schedule i think that's what it's it is a schedule. i think that's right 
Uh, he may be clearing his schedule for a different product that's coming back. Ooh. Dylan uh, Ted 4? No. <laughs> uh, another 4. Speed 4. Uh, the, the Matrix. Oh, that's right. I forgot they were making that. Yeah, so depending oh, on when the shooting takes place, he might be having to clear a schedule for, for The Matrix, and then I guess be free after that. Yeah, that, that probably, you're, you're probably right about that. That probably would be the most immediate thing after. Right. Although, I mean... So I guess he did Bill and Ted between John Wick 3 and 4. And then they're keeping him on for to do 4 and 5 back to back. Mm-hmm. And then The Matrix. Or maybe The Matrix is before 4. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, you're, you're probably right. It's definitely those three movies before anything else. And maybe he'll do small roles and things. Because like he, he was in Toy Story 4 for a very short time. Yeah. Um, he voiced... Uh, Oh, the Canadian stunt dude. Yeah, the stunt. <laughs> the... He was based on a, a real person. Yeah. I can't um, remember who it is. But that toy. Yep. Uh, I can't think of it right now. It, but okay. yeah. Well, that's enough speculating, I think, on, on Keanu Reeves' upcoming uh, I mean, that dude's going to make a ton of money. Dude, he's going to make a kill. If we're talking about, Definitely. oh, he's just doing... so. He's got Bill and Ted coming out in a couple weeks here. And then some order of John Wick 4, 5, Matrix 4. Oh, and then we'll just throw him a Marvel role. <laughs> and he's in Cyberpunk 2077. I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> uh, It's a video game that's coming out this year. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe it's I do know what that is, actually. <laughs> Who knows? Do you think he has a, a shot for potentially a highest paid actor soon? Uh, it'll be Dep- tough. I don't know. It'll I, be tough. Depends on what kind of roles he's taking. I think it depends but, on I mean, the studios he's taking those roles with. Also true. And, but he's got some pretty big ones coming up, so we'll have to see. Uh, so, yeah. So, what, what do you got next? So, we were talking about it for the past couple of weeks uh, on and off, and it's Tron 3. We okay. uh, we just recently rewatched uh, Tron one and two back to back, and then we were talking about how uh, Tron three had been. They tried to get it off the ground with, under the name Tron Ascension. Um, oh, is that what, was that going to be the name? Ooh, it was Tron Ascension. Yes, we we were speculating like what that story might entail. Yeah. Uh, so it's coming. So it's uh, not a rumor and, anymore. No, it's not a rumor anymore. Ooh. Uh, and. Uh, actor Jared Leto, who is attached to the right. project, may have accidentally revealed the name of it. Oh, what's the actual name of it? So, or maybe like, the working title at least. The working title, yeah. or it, maybe he's trying to lead us astray. But it's Tron: Colon Aries. So okay. Tron Aries. Well, that's that's an interesting choice of name, right? It is. I mean, we're going back to, I guess, Greek mythology. But uh, there was another character with a Greek mythos name. Zeus. Zeus was in Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. And there was speculation between you and I that maybe he was an ISO. Exactly. And so yeah, is Ares another ISO? Ares, I, I, would, I would assume. That is Korra a Greek name? Uh, let's Do all the ISOs I... have Greek names? Maybe... Or maybe she's the exception because she's the cool. (laughs) Well, we can look into that. 
but I'm not quite sure at the moment. There's probably there's so many names in in Greek mythology. That yeah, core is probably in there somewhere. But this is interesting. I mean, we're finally getting some uh, some traction underneath. This, this is crazy. Movie. This is crazy to me. That you I and, was not expecting this. You and I. <laughs> it, so let's go back to like we don't even have to go as far back as the beginning of the year, but like. <laughs> If I so so like two things, I I go up to you and I'm like, hey, you want to watch the original Tron? You want to watch Tron Legacy? Sure, <laughs> why not? Um, hey, you want to watch it in anticipation for Tron Three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's this is wild that this is actually happening. But like, the moment we reviewed it, there was so, the rumor started floating around. And then now it's already been we're confirmed. It's us. We're the reason this is coming back. Oh, for it sure. Just because of us. There's so many I, people I do, listening to us. That... <laughs> I, I think I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but over the years I've looked up Tron like a several times, being like, "Hey, is there any news? Any update? <laughs> any, any potential for this coming back?" I, I think like, I think you're the only person looking that up. I might be. There's some <laughs> other there's some other IPs that I do the same for. Just kind of keep tabs on every every couple months, every every year or so. And it's absolutely wild that we go back and launch Tron 1 and 2, and then here we go. Yeah, Tron 3. a few weeks later, confirmed. Right. That's crazy. Oh, man. Absolutely wild. Uh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be wild. The grid. It's going to be something. <sighs> if someone doesn't say greetings programs in it, what's the point? Exactly. Like That's, that's why I'd be there. That's the only reason I'd be watching it. Um. But we already did our speculation about what we think the potential plot for that could be. It's in one of the previous episodes. You might know which one it is. Yeah, um, I don't actually think our speculation for Tron 3 is in the Tron and Tron Legacy it's review. One I think it might be the week after. It's one or the other. You should check them both out because they're both great. Um, cause... If it's not the first one, go listen to the second one. If it's not the second one, go listen <laughs> just listen. To just listen to all of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> go listen to the first one again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just like watching the Tron movies, right? <laughs> right. right. If you miss something, go watch the original again. All right. So, well, it's not all happy news this week. Uh, there's been some layoffs, which is kind of expected uh, in in this economy right now. What's with all everything that's happening? But now there's quite uh, a bit, right? It's quite a bit. Uh, so DC Comics uh, has laid off according to some sources up to three percent of its total staff uh, wait say, say that again that. do you say th uh, sorry 30 three percent three three percent which again i don't know their total that's not as staff. much as i thought it was actually but but there's been some big names that have been uh been um been been removed from it's like their entire the senior staff right <laughs> like... so there's the editor-in-chief bob harris the Senior VP of Publishing Strategy and Support Services, Hank Canals. The Vice President of Marketing and Creative Services, Jonah Wayland. Uh, the Vice President of Global Publishing Initiatives and Digital Strategy, Bobby Chase. The Senior Story Editor, Briar Cunningham. Uh, and the Executive Editor, Mark Doyle. All these people, all these like really high-ranking members of this company have all lost their jobs. And there's undoubtedly there's more that I, I don't have on this list but these are some of the some of the bigger ones this is a big blow for dc comics yeah there's a lot of vps and executive words you were thrown in there it's true it's true but <laughs> just not even that like 
I mean, we know that the comics industry has been on a downhill for like the past 30 years. But that's the thing. Like this year, like like we've been talking about the movie industry dying this year, but like the comic book industry. industry? My goodness. Uh, Most of their sales still came from, from physical sales. Right, and I know I know Marvel's been trying to to do some stuff online. You can get some comics. I know you're subscribed to there. Um, yeah, although I actually haven't read a lot in a while. <laughs> well, that's your fault, dude. You've it got is my fault. I'm, I'm subscribing <laughs> to the service and not using it. They got me. Yeah, <laughs> but but even with even with their attempts to try and get uh, like a wider reach to their comics, like where you can read them online, most of most comic sales, at least for the two big companies, uh, DC and Marvel. Their sales come from physical sales, from physical copies being sold. And in this quarantine, in this pandemic, that's hit the United, it's still hitting the United States really hard. There's not a lot of people going to comic book stores. I, I mean, say. there's that, but also the comic book industry itself has kind of like eaten itself. Yeah. Because the comic book publishers, such as DC or Marvel, they've been kind of refusing to ship a ton of stuff uh to physical stores and yeah. then physical stores are just like okay i guess we'll just eat the cost for the month right but then the comic company is not making anything off that <laughs> right it's it's just a lot of back and forth and the comic book publishers are really thinking about uh trying to make it work digital so the, I'm going to, I'm going to quickly draw an analogy uh, to something I actually did a video of back in middle school uh, on YouTube, which is, oh, it's, it's actually really bad to watch. Don't, don't try to find it. Um, but I, I did a video about NASA and the privatization of space exploration. Okay. Uh, and I, I was talking about like, well, NASA has done some incredible things over, over the years, but now it's looking kind of like uh, we're going to see more private companies start taking over the the space industry, the space race, like a new space race. And this was before all these all these big companies are like like Elon Musk is trying to get to Mars and all this stuff. Uh, but that's kind of how it turned out. Is like we 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 saw the big name, the big company, kind of step aside a little bit and, and saw a bunch of other smaller um, companies start to take over over the the scene. Do you think there's going to be a similar thing with comic industry? We're going to see some of these bigger names stop producing as much because they just can't afford to. And we're going to see smaller, more independent comics uh, or, or smaller companies start to build up. And, and we see like um, a diversification of, of what the comics we have. I was, th I was thinking about that. I was like, because uh, when you sent me this article, I was wondering, could the comic book industry die? Like, could it just actually die out from, like, a, a major publisher's standpoint? So. Like, sure, there will always be, like, small-time publishers um, but and writers and whatnot. But I was thinking about it because it's like, okay, well, back then when it started, like, we're talking the 30s, the 40s, when it really started picking up um, and then hit its new wave in the 60s and 70s. But now that we're making movies and TV shows of them – are we just not going to write the comics anymore and only have the movies and TV shows? Now, I don't think that's the case because we're making movies and TV shows and it's not like people have stopped writing books. Right. <laughs> uh, but I do think 
the major the major players might produce less have them exclusively digitally available that's gonna be awful and then the the comic book stores the ones that sort of survive are kind of gonna i i think what they need to do is kind of how in certain small areas we've seen a little bit of a resurgence of like arcades right i think you need to combine arcades um <laughs> and comics board comic stores board game stores now if it needs to uh, be a hangout place a great that's the only so, way it will stick around i i do agree with you i've got a friend from high school that is trying to open up a store that is exactly that that and that'd be great sounds like a fantastic time it's everything i like <laughs> i got i got it's a nice hangout place you can you got like role-playing games you can play card games there's that they want she wants arcade um like arcade cabinets uh have some like tvs to play like land parties or smash Bros. or whatever you want to yeah do. i think that's incredible and like and sell comics just have a read or rent or whatever yeah. i think that's a pretty cool idea the, the only downside is that that business literally can't be open right now that's true that that's the downside and, and that's why a lot of these businesses are, are failing um right. it's not their fault it's not their business strategy it's the nature of the service they're providing and they're not allowed to provide it right um or even if they were, they'd still be seeing reduced uh, visitors, consumers. So Can we see. It'll it'll be interesting. I I, I don't know because DC has made some like major shifts. Um, what was it? I feel like it was almost like ten years ago to the day. I want to say it was like twenty ten, maybe it was twenty twelve, uh, when they did the the end of new 52 or the beginning I, I don't remember i think it was the end of new 52 there was like a lot of shifts then um so it could just be that every single time they reboot this universe they probably should have just never rebooted it in the first place do you think um, this will have an effect on specifically dc comics's layoffs do you think this will have any effect on the future production of dc movies whether this be animated or live action or whatnot, or just like visual comics, probably not. Okay. Um, cause like, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, it might have minimal, but if we think about most of the comics now, I mean, Marvel has been pulling from some recent stuff uh, with bringing Miss Marvel. Uh, she came right. into play like five years ago six years ago so that's like a very fresh thing right i mean miles morales is, uh, is miles morales fresh. is pretty fresh too yeah um and, and if, we get, uh, if we get Ironheart, which we've been and so like while while there is a lot of that that fresh stuff that's within like past 10 or 20 years there's yeah. still so much content though that exists before that mm. i mean there's 60 to 80 years of history with these characters um, that so even I don't think it'll have that much impact on movies and TV shows. Um, okay. But 
maybe in 20 years it does but by then we'll be starting over anyways the mcu will start over like i don't know <laughs> i hope not but maybe uh, they're gonna yeah they're gonna redo absolutely everything yeah it's they'll just remake the same movies gosh <laughs> i think they should continue they should james bondify every character come on um absolutely this can go forever i mean that's definitely a possibility but otherwise yeah i i don't think the comic books will have to do with uh that the way the movies are made or the tv shows okay. or, or the content I, I don't think it'll have a huge impact i'm also expecting that uh they're gonna not hire these people back but maybe reorganize to maybe be able to continue without so many senior officers or whatever um it's entirely possible because maybe they're trying to streamline things i don't know it, it does seem like they all kind of cover something different though so <laughs> i don't yeah. know exactly it doesn't seem like they were targeting a specific sector of their own company it was just a lot of people it just yeah just uh a, a slimming down yeah and so who knows well, uh i i think we'll we'll find out more within like one or two years um We'll, we'll see, like, the repercussions of, of this decision. I mean, the thing that's interesting is, like, on DC Universe, that streaming service, which is probably ending. It's not It's not probably ending. Uh, that's another thing. It is ending. It, it is completely... Did they put an end date on it, finally? I don't know if they have an official end date, or if they did, I didn't quite read it, but it's, it is closing down. I heard you could no longer subscribe for, like, a full year. I think you, uh, it is folding into HBO... Yeah, it's something. It's it, but it is the the final nail is in the coffin. And so that's something I was gonna say is that someone who, as someone who subscribed for a month just to see what was on it, mm-hmm. um, and watch very specific <laughs> Batman things. Yeah. Um. Uh, there was like the thing that I thought was really cool about it, mm-hmm. and why I understood why maybe they thought it could work. Now I still think it was just a beta test for HBO max. Uh, Which also failed. That's the thing that's crazy is the DC universe had a pretty successful line. <laughs> so I don't know why they screwed up HBO max. Uh, but on D- on DC universe streaming service, you can read comic books. It's not just TV shows. It's not just movies. You can read digital comic books. Which is something Marvel's had for a little bit now. And, I mean, DC has its comics available in other places, too. Um, other subscription places. Uh, which I've tried, um, but I just didn't get into the comics that I was trying. So, but they... But, yeah, that that was a cool feature that I was like, wow, this is so convenient. I would definitely pay a few extra dollars per month to Disney Plus if I got the Marvel comics. Like I said, I haven't read Marvel comics in a, in a while, but I would still pay those extra dollars per month for I would when they, I would when I have that itch dollars. to read a Marvel comic. I would, uh, yeah, I'd pay those extra dollars, and I think I'd use Disney Plus more than I already do. Yeah, and I'm not the most avid Disney Plus watcher, but I still use it quite a bit. I definitely would use it more if I could just hop on there and and follow like a comic series. Right. That'd be that'd be pretty pretty because like it's it's the. Um, convenience of all in one place so i thought that that was pretty interesting uh with dc universe because it's the only streaming service i've heard of that also has digital books kind of thing 
<laughs> like um that it's showing tv shows movies and then it has comic books and i was like wow i hope they still pass on the comic book features to hbo max because otherwise yeah. that sucks for some people but alas um, it is no more yeah who knows when that's dying but soon enough so continuing on from uh dc's layoffs another interesting uh business decision uh disney you know if you i don't know if you ever heard of it it's a small company no uh, way uh that that's a that's a waltz waltz little project right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's kickstart it's kickstart. so nice. yeah uh disney is stopping its uh release of 4k blu-rays of its i guess now most recent films which are the live action ones it's no longer going to be making those wow now I, I don't know if this is going to start with I, I guess milan which is like the first one that's uh coming to that's not going to theaters i don't know if that's gonna be the first movie that it's not gonna have a for uh, a blu-ray release but word has come out that that aspect is is gonna be um out of commission soon which is kind of a shame because like a lot of people i know collect like disney blu-rays yeah down goes physical media uh yeah seriously <laughs> i guess everything's switching to online yeah the the worst part about this is the movies that have slipped through the cracks that you just pretty much can't find anywhere unless someone owns it black cauldron um but but even but the thing is a lot of people don't even own these movies because they didn't survive when people started making vhs's they didn't right. survive okay we're no longer making vhs's we're making dvds oh well we're not going to make those vhs's anymore we're just going to drop those movies we're not we're not printing them again and then yeah. D dvd to blu-ray not so much because dvds kind of still stayed relevant in a small way at least for a few years. Um, like, at least for myself, who never really bought a Blu-ray, I was still able to find DVDs that I wanted of modern, of relatively recent movies. Right. So it wasn't a super big problem, um, even though Blu-rays should have replaced DVDs. Uh, but they didn't. But, but the thing is, there's a lot of movies that get lost between each uh, physical media transfer, and now the, the loss of physical media in general... <laughs> So I think I am. I think I have a, a guess as to why they're doing this, and okay. it's just how Disney's been so tight about their own IPs. Like they, the yeah, they they don't want other people to have access to any of their stuff. Uh, they've been very tight with the the Disney Vault, where they only release a couple movies out to like physical copies every every few years. Um, but I think they're trying to crack down on that so that they can so that no one else has copies of their stuff and if you want to see these these movies you have to get disney plus right because that was disney plus whole thing is the vaults open right right um, and if and if you make these physical release these physical copies some people just get that and be like i don't need i yeah. don't need disney plus i already I have got my disney five plus. favorite disney movies i can just rewatch exactly. those every other day exactly <laughs> where because that's a one-time purchase whereas disney plus is a, is a returning fee plus also I mean, Disney Plus has managed to get some 60 million people on board. Mm -hmm. At what point do they go, oh, we're increasing the price a dollar? Right. <laughs> and then you that. kick that down a few years, another dollar, another dollar, and then it's 20 bucks for Disney Plus. And, um, 
I mean, if if they if they do it inch by inch, right. we'll never really see the difference. Yeah, and so uh, I think I think you're right that Disney Plus they're trying to make Disney Plus the exclusive location for Disney content to force everyone to subscribe to it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what happens. Yeah, it's um, definitely an interesting decision. Uh, I don't know. They've they've definitely thought this through. This is not a rash decision on their part. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it for sure. But yeah, because uh, it's like you could just, re- you I could reduce how many you're making. Maybe I think it's just the idea but, of them down and saying the only way if you want our content, the only way to get it, especially because this is around the same time as what we just heard about Mulan, how it's going to be behind a paywall. Exactly. How long is it going to be behind that paywall? I was actually... I, so I is it going to be behind a paywall forever? We don't have these answers yet. <laughs> unless, unless you've read something. So, so you pay... The, from what I understand, a few more details than uh, I was talking about last week have become clear from what I read. So you pay $30, okay. and it's available to you forever. As long okay. as you maintain your Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> so if you ever delete your account and make a new one? Nope. No Mulan. Um, I don't know if in six months it will be available for free for everyone. That's absolutely wild. If it's behind a paywall forever. Now here's the reason I don't think it'll be behind a paywall forever because I don't think it's going to do very well. Mm-hmm. I do not think a lot of people will buy it. There will be people who buy it. I'm not, I'm not naive enough to say no one will buy this. No, definitely there are large families with young kids that $30 is even cheaper than going to the movie theater. You can go get dollar Walmart popcorn, and you, you can create uh, the movie theater experience for your three-year-olds. Like, that, that's fine. And there's also the Disney fans who are like, you know what? I'm paying. I have to see I, everything I that's it. Disney. I want to see yeah. it, and I'm, I'm paying the money. It's... There, there's even additionally, I just need something new. There's still that feeling. Right, right. Uh, so they will make money off of this, but is it enough? And you're and you're saying no. It is I don't think I don't think it is because I think movie theaters at the same time are s- potentially starting to open, and so. Let, so what I'm hearing it, is is Mulan is going to start out pay to win, and it's going to go free to play. <laughs> and historically, hopefully, that does not, hopefully, historically that does not sit well with audiences. <laughs> Well, as long as they eventually do go free to play. Yeah, but uh, it's for, for those for all the people that they're pay paid, for this, right? They're they're pissed. Then they're like, you're you're saying I could have waited. Like if this does do terribly poorly, and after like two months or something, it goes it goes online for free. It's it's no longer behind a paywall. If it's two months, maybe there's an argument. Um, but if there's six months, I mean, the people who paid for it, they they got their money's worth. Right. Right. Um, I guess it's a fair way. To Thirty say. bucks to have a movie available to them for six months before everyone else. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's reasonable. I mean, that's it's more expensive than going to a movie theater for one person, but uh, no, this is definitely. But still, that six month waiting. It's definitely period. more advantageous for for larger families. I don't. I don't think I can justify paying thirty dollars to yeah. watch this by myself. I can't. I mean. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna watch it until it's free, or somehow all of my roommates decide we all want to watch Mulan for some reason. Right. Uh, to where it'll be well, like six bucks a person or something. Yeah. 
you said something interesting about uh, movie theaters reopening. Is there more news about that? Do we? Have- yeah. Um, now I don't know ex- super specifics about it, but I do know my own instance. Okay. Um, what is your own instance? I meant to. I feel like I pulled up an article. Maybe I exed out of it. Let me. Did you? Let me. Uh. Oh, hold on. Talk for a little bit. <laughs> but uh, let let me pull this up. You still there, Ian? I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so I go. There, there's a movie theater I like going to. Um, I enjoy. It. I've gone to other movie theaters in the area. Um, this one's kind of the nicest. Um, it's the one that like everyone goes to. But uh, this is from my my theater's website. Your theater is reopening August fourteenth. If you're listening to this on August twelfth, that's that's Friday. That's Friday. That's this week. So I'm not talking about at at the end of the month. I'm talking about two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's reopening. What's it reopening with? I'll tell you. Uh. So they're, they are doing a little bit about what we speculated. It's kind of interesting the term they chose coinciding with the movies they chose. Um, so basically they are airing comeback classics uh, at a reduced price too. It'll be cheaper. They got to make some money um, somehow. Which I will, I will say is what we were talking about. So, so my movie theater does discount Tuesdays and it looks like they're charging that discount Tuesday price every day for these movies. Okay. Um, and these movies, some of them I kind of really want to see in movie, in a movie theater. The first one I definitely want to see in a movie theater, Jurassic park. (laughs) I never saw that in a movie theater. Heck yes. I'm in. That sounds awesome. Uh, next one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, can only see that in a movie theater. <laughs> uh, but but then there's some weird ones that they're calling classics. Um, oh, before th- this one's not a weird one, The Goonies. Uh, but it's a classic. It's yeah, yeah, that, that's a classic for sure. But but then there's these other ones, uh, the live action Beauty and the Beast. You know, from that's like two years ago. <laughs> At all. Um, anyway. Adam Sandler and the gang in Grown Ups. Mm. <laughs> not quite a classic. Uh, Jumanji, and no, I'm not talking about the Robin Williams one. And no, I'm not talking about even the mo- the first Jumanji, the second Jumanji. Uh, no, I'm actually talking about the one that came out in December <laughs> of last year. Jumanji, the next level. Uh, so those are the movies that they're showing. <laughs> so who decided those last ones were classics? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to hear that some things are starting to open back up. Uh, I definitely will not be one of the first ones back. Uh, I think it's going to be a little while before I go back to a theater. Uh, right. Not quite, not quite comfortable with, with going back to those right now but uh hopefully uh hopefully at some point soon everything will kind of calm down and we can go back to enjoying the things that we like yeah yeah definitely um 
Now, now there's something interesting that my theater's also doing. I, I mentioned Australia doing this. Um, now, I don't know if all theaters in Australia were doing this, but uh, it's, it's slightly different. It's not quite as uh, encompassing as what the Australian theaters were talking about. Uh, so what I heard about some theaters is that they were charging for 500 bucks. You could have the theater for a couple hours, um, up to 20 people, free popcorn, free drinks. Um, and you don't even have to watch a movie. You could watch TV shows. You could play video games. So it's a pretty cool idea. So my theater, I didn't expect this to be happening in my theater, but for a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars up to 20 people. Now you don't get any food. At least I don't think you do. They say imagine snacking on popcorn, so I like to think that won't be provided because I'll have to imagine it. Exactly. Uh, And there's a few more. So what I was talking about with the Australian movies, it sounded like the movie libraries were pretty big. Mm -hmm. The movie libraries that my theater is offering isn't much more than a regular showing. Um, there are some good ones that I would definitely watch in a theater because I hadn't gotten a chance to. One being The Matrix, the first one. Mm-hmm. I would go see that in the movie theater. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, the first Harry Potter, the last Harry Potter. <laughs> um, Black Panther's coming back. Uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. That'd be amazing. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, Zootopia, Mean Girls. Funny enough, Gremlins is on here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Despicable Me, Greatest Showman, Grease. Uh, I think that's that's everything. Plus all the ones I listed previously that they're showing regularly. So it's not that much more. It's not that many more movies. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and if I think about it, okay, starting at $100 up to 20 people, huh, that's a $5 movie ticket if I get 20 people in on it, which is the regular movie price. Now, does that mean the popcorn is more expensive than the ticket? Yeah, the the popcorn. Uh, so they say these are reduced prices. I don't remember what the prices are uh, concessions at my theater. So I'm just going to take their word for it. That's reduced. Uh, however, <laughs> um, I don't really want to pay these prices, regardless of them being reduced. For $5, you can have a large popcorn. That's the price of the movie ticket. <laughs> Well, movies right there. Three dollars fifty cents, large fountain drink, uh, and an icy or an icy, uh, two dollars fifty cents for candy. Uh, see. It's still a bit more than I want to pay. Um, although I I will say, if I do go to the theater, I might buy something just because I know they're hurting. <laughs> if, if, and I know they're if not getting I the movie that. ticket money. I know if I did that. This will be the first time that I've paid for concessions in i can't tell you how many years oh okay i, I thought you're saying first time ever i was like whoa um, it's it's been years since i bought something from didn't mm, is that correct unless it was for my ex i want to say that we bought something for that's not true um avengers okay. infinity war i did not but i bought a cup for black panther Maybe that's what it was. I I bought I bought one of the collectible cups for Black Panther. Yeah, that's Over, what it was. That that's was, what I'm thinking of. What was that? 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two years. Still two years. Yeah, still two years. Uh, but before that, I don't know. I don't. It might have been two more years before it last time. Yeah, I'm with time. you. But so, uh, if y'all are interested in going 
out to the movie theaters. I understand if uh, you're not ready for it or you don't feel safe. Hey, you do you for sure. Um, but doesn't hurt to check it out. See if your movie theaters are opening. Um, see what they have to offer. I'm sure no theater is going to be showing the same thing as any other theater because there's not a single movie I just listed that's new. So maybe everyone else are showing different uh, classics. <laughs> different things that they think their owner thinks are classics. Right. <laughs> well, we have some more uh, news about movie theaters. Uh, and it's not just that they're opening, but that they're now uh, purchasable. Uh, the Paramount Decree from 1948 has just been overturned. Yeah, here. that this is crazy news. The, it, it doesn't seem like it's crazy news, but it could this be crazy a, news. <laughs> this is, this is a, a law or a decree that's been in place for 70 years now, 72 years. Okay. That you could... that. Uh, no studio could purchase an individual theater. Like you couldn't, we couldn't have Disney going out and buying a theater. Now I believe uh, that's because back in what was that, nineteen forty-eight or something? Is that the year? So nineteen forty-eight was when the decree. Was so so before that, a lot of movie theaters were kind of started by studios because they made the movies and they wanted to exhibit them to people. <laughs> That's definitely a possibility. Um, uh, I know that uh, from what I've, I've looked at here, the original idea of this came back all the way from 1918. Whoa. Uh, and it was it was actually due, uh, to, um, which is very funny, that it was in part due to uh, influenza. Uh, and the reason is because at the time, so 100 years ago when influenza was... This is actually really interesting. ...was taken, the world, <laughs> uh, taken America by storm, the movie theater industry was not doing well. <laughs> uh so it, we're we're gonna, we're gonna, history repeats itself every 100 years apparently yeah um, but movie theaters were not doing very well and so studios started buying them up and a of it this had decades later a, a decree was put in place where it was like okay like this we, we can't have this anymore and the reason was because like the eight big hollywood studios were were, were doing what we were saying they're doing which is like trying to gather whatever they can and essentially make a monopoly uh, over just certain locations at this theater, I can I'm showing my own movies, and I and I don't have to show my competitors' movies. There's also a lot of collusion of pricing and yeah, it, there there's some which is bound to happen. But yeah, but so the decree was put in place where no theater, no no studio could purchase a theater. Those were completely separate. But that decree was overturned, I think today or like this past week, um, to where that's no longer the case so we might be seeing very soon studios purchasing some theaters yeah it could happen uh what are, that, what are your thoughts on that so so it's really interesting because so basically some of the arguments now i don't know if i agree with them one way or the other but this basically came to be discussed because uh the supreme court was reviewing a lot of old laws and mm -hmm. determining relevancy Gotcha. And Which I guess someone needed to do because my goodness. Right. And so they looked at this. They go, okay, it's 70 years old. The companies that it applies to, only like two of them still exist. Right. Um, now, a lot of companies were hesitant to do the same thing because they were like, well, can't they just cite that as precedent and use that against us? Because um, like Disney doesn't exist in that, in the decree, to my knowledge. Right. Um, but it certainly exists now. 
true. But now something that's interesting is like, does Netflix not count as a studio? A studio. I don't know. I because do. Netflix has so already horrible. bought two movie theaters, I think. They might not count as a studio. I I don't know from a legal standpoint what they. And count I as. definitely think they should count as a movie studio because they are making movies. Originals. They're yeah, they're making originals. <laughs> Anyone who's making original content should count as a studio. We are movie studios. We are making original. Uh, kind of, to a certain extent. <laughs> to a certain podcast studio. Uh, but we're not buying movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, a big distinction between. I'll us be and there on Saturday, speaking about <laughs> this movie. Um, no, uh, yeah. So I, I think Netflix has kind of already broken this, but like I said, Netflix obviously wasn't listed in the decree. It technically didn't. Uh, they didn't fall into it, um, but if someone did question it, uh. Now, the, the arguments they were making is that, like, in this climate, it would there, – there's a lot of doubt that the companies actually would work together to kind of destroy the system. <laughs> um, and to a certain extent, at first I was like, what are you talking about? Companies will, will collude if allowed. But, but, then, but then I got to think about it and I was like, Although the amount we just watched uh, Sony and Disney blow up over Spider-Man, maybe they won't. <laughs> maybe they won't, yeah. Uh, maybe it's a lot harder, a lot of egos. Yeah. Um, uh, so I have uh, – let me see. I have a quote from the judge that repealed this, if I can, if I can find it. Um, so it was Judge Annalisa Torres of the Southern District of New York. Uh, and she said that 70 years of technological innovation, new competitors and business models, and shifting consumer demand have fundamentally changed the industry. Which definitely has. Streaming services didn't exist back then. Exactly. The concept of that had um, no bearing. It, and I mean, maybe maybe this is the – repealing this law is their way of saying the theater industry is dead. Long live the streaming long live the services. Yeah. <laughs> long live the theater exactly. industry. Yeah, kind of. Uh, because this is something really interesting because I believe there there are two specific other things that are listed in this um, that are no longer banned uh, now studios already still kind of uh, do one of these things to a certain extent but they do it in a way that theaters are more willing rather than being strong armed yeah. um, and so one of those things is block booking which okay. means that uh, the example I saw as I was looking into this, uh, which I thought was perfect, was take Disney, for instance. Disney owns like five other studios, right? They own 20th Century now. They own Fox Searchlight. They own Pixar. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they can go, hey, movie theaters, uh, you guys want to show uh, Black Widow, right? movie theaters go heck yeah that's a billion dollar movie of course we want to show it and disney goes okay well you can have that as long as you also take soul which is pixar you take i can't think of a bunch of other movies but uh <laughs> you take this fox searchlight small movie you take this uh other 20th century product you take new mutants there we go there's something um 
But you have to take Black Widow, and then you get... But if you're going to take Black Widow, you get these six or seven other things. Mm-hmm. And now some theaters, maybe uh, theaters that are big enough, maybe don't care. They, they maybe don't care because they're just like, okay, we're probably going to ask for those movies anyways. Right? Yeah. Because um, people are going to want to see them. Where it really starts to hurt, again, it, it always hurts these people first. And it's the independent theaters. It's those theaters with three screens. Right. Okay, they make a deal for Black Widow because they're not going to not show Black Widow. Exactly. But then they get seven other movies and now their entire year is booked because they are so limited on screens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now Disney didn't even buy that movie theater, but it's basically a Disney theater at that point. It's a loophole, man. Um, get around the system. And so theaters are not theaters. Studios already do that to a certain extent, but they're very limited on how far they could go. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. So, so that's th- that's where I think it starts to get really hairy. Is that kind of strong arming, especially to small theaters? Um, if they tailor them to different size theaters, maybe it's okay. Because, um, like I said, like my theater is probably going to ask for all eight of those movies, anyways. That they're probably okay with it. Uh, but my theater has a lot of screens. Uh, and, and and so that gets kind of into the other term that. Uh, is no longer I'm trying to think of the word for it because it's so circuit dealing is something that has been happening and now it no longer has to happen are these like the uh, the indie industry terms uh, not necessarily I... indie but because like I said Disney like the big studios are the ones doing the block booking okay um, but circuit dealing no it's still probably big studios uh, as distributors uh, so circuit dealing, which doesn't have to happen anymore. Uh, this kind of film, <laughs> uh, theater terminology 101, but, uh, so circuit dealing is the idea that you could go to, a, a Cinemark and go see, I'm going to use the Black Widow instance again. You go see Black Widow. Right. Now that does not mean that if I go to AMC Black Widow will not be available because Cinemark has it. So with circuit dealing, the idea is that it's kind of this understanding that if you're going to put it out, if you're going to put your movie out to some theaters, you'll put it out to most theaters. Okay. That the you're really, your only limiter factor would be by region rather than by company. So like you might not, like I said, Jojo Rabbit didn't show in the town I was in. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like a, a gentleman, gentleman's deal. Yeah. Like. That, that you just try and give it out to all theaters, help gotcha. them all out. Um, but, but like I said, not every theater does get a wide release to every single theater, but it's usually determined based on region rather than company. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that, that doesn't have to be the case anymore. You don't have to do circuit dealing anymore. Now you could say, uh, kind of like this Universal and AMC agreement to a certain extent. Maybe Universal goes, hey, we're only putting our movies at AMC for 17 days, as we talked about last week. So it's not going to any other theater. It's only AMC, 17 days. Then it's on a streaming service in 17 days. So it's very... <laughs> um, and AMC has to agree to these five other Universal movies because of black booking. 
yeah it's <laughs> yeah. uh it's uh it'll it'll be i think it'll be fairly quick uh well this that's not true because a lot of movies have already been booked so probably this time next year maybe maybe a little earlier than that we'll they'll, they'll have started talking for um once they start talking about uh fall 2021 releases yeah um the the theaters and the studios that'll be when all these negotiations and we'll see the ramifications of what's going to happen what theaters are probably going to die off what what the theater industry is going to look like um unless it kind of re-prompts that law to come back <laughs> yeah i this is this is like a big thing i know we talked about this for for a little while like this is a possibility but now that it's here this this is this this is going to have serious implications now i do think there are probably other elements of this law that probably are outdated and just straight up obsolete right um because like like you said 70 years ago so yeah. there's probably some obsolete stuff in there um, some changes in the film and so so maybe the years. idea is that okay we'll get rid of it and then the moment there is a problem we'll tailor a law specifically to the problem of today rather than keep you citing a problem from 70 years ago <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe not. Maybe it's just mm, screw the theater industry or um but on the other hand uh I wonder if the people writing these laws and, and deliberating over these go and watch movies at all. If they're <laughs> um, if this I mean, is a, a industry that they're familiar I with. I imagine they watch movies as much as the average person does. But I know that several senators don't have self That's true. A lot of the people making rules that like over like fair use uh i guess of like copyright claim and whatnot for youtube don't yeah, watch youtube right that's true so that's 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 why i bring that up like how many of these people know the industry know what they're talking about or they're like oh pff, those movie those movie kids that those things those those delinquents watch that's a good Who point knows? uh that's a really good point i don't, I don't even think youtube understands <laughs> who watches youtube well, well youtube uh, is doing a, a yeah a poor job of that but that's that's a question that's a problem for another day uh, but but that's actually a great point uh, about maybe the legislators don't understand the industry. That's certainly possible. I mean, they didn't go to school to be uh, writers or exhibitors or managers. They went to school probably to become politicians. <laughs> um, hence why they're there. Or in the case of judicial, maybe lawyers, which that's fine. I'm sure they're very smart. Um, it's just not necessarily in this field. Um but what I, something that's actually really interesting, uh, which goes to you finishing the quote that I didn't realize I was saying, um, the theater industry is dead, long live the theater industry. Yep. Uh, so what could also happen, what's another alternative, is the theater industries don't have to go away. They, they don't have to go away 100%. Uh, and the probability they go away 100% is probably slim to none because, I mean, drive-ins yes. still exist. Exactly. They're still going to be around, but not. I, I don't think they'll be as big as they are now. Now I, now, I think they still could be. Take Now, there won't be a theater in every small town, but let's say all the AMCs still exist, all the Cinemarks and all the Regals. That's like the three biggest theater chains in America, right? Yeah. Uh, something like that. So, so those three, 
still exist. But the way they exist isn't AMC Cinemark Regal. It's AMC becomes Universal. Uh, Cinemark becomes uh, Paramount. And Regal becomes Disney. And you have some other theater chains becoming Netflix, other theater chains becoming Amazon, maybe. Uh, (laughs) And so the the theater industry will survive, but they'll be so integrated so vertically integrated into the distribution network uh, of movie make of the movie making process that they'll still survive, but uh, you might have a, uh, a Disney town, (laughs) a Disney movie theater town. Disney is building a town. Yeah. It is a Disney town. Epcot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah, but the Disney movie theater town, you have to go a little further down to go go to the Amazon theater town or or the Universal theater town. Right. The Sony theater town, whatever it is. Now, now there's a certain extent that I do think it will be beneficial to some extent. Um, I mean, may, maybe it's not. May, I haven't run the numbers. Um, who knows if they have. Um, I would think that it's beneficial for, let's say, my movie theater, Cinemark, becomes, uh, statistically, that's probably not going to become the Disney one. <laughs> That'll probably be like Paramount, if I'm being honest. Uh, or or it could be Netflix, because Netflix has a ton of money to throw around. Uh, do they? Uh, or Amazon. I mean, Am- Two or three like months ago, two or three months ago, Amazon was already supposedly talking about buying AMC. Mm. Uh, supposedly, so so like th- this kind of Unless... idea isn't isn't just in my brain. It's uh, it's already being talked about. Uh, right. But I still think there would be a beneficial a benefit for uh, a Warner Brothers movie theater to show black widow i definitely think to an extent yes because maybe not how much is it gonna peeve the consumer that they have to drive to a complete other town or to the far side or to the bad movie theater whatever it is this is what i said a while back it's the the people losing out on this are the consumer 100 percent um, like the 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 movie studios can fight back and forth all day about like showing it or not showing whatever, but at the end of the day, it's the people, it's it's the people who are there to go and watch these movies that they're interested in. That but that's the thing; they're doing all of this in the name of the consumer. They're they're giving it that seventeen day exhibition window in the name of the consumer to get it to the people faster, <sighs> and they don't realize. Maybe I don't realize. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm not actually in the movie making business, but that's why we need to get uh, Flyzik back on here. Why is it that I think this is happening, and uh, I mean other people think this is happening too, because uh, people are talking we about should, it. But we should ask uh, Flyzik about this, see what he thinks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm actually trying to get him back on. Um, I don't think oh, next week's gonna work for him, um, but hopefully soon. Though. Rest assured, he'll be he'll be on soon again. Okay. Well, enough, we, enough movie we, uh, theater talk. Enough, yeah, enough, enough depressing. <laughs> what movie will I be able to see in movie theaters? 
None. Uh, as we usually do, we, we tend to uh, make our way towards the MCU side of things. Uh, and there's a bit of news coming in about Captain Marvel. Uh, you want to talk, lead us into that? Yeah. I think it involves uh, potentially a director assigned on to the project. Which is really interesting because I don't know if I heard that the other directors were removed. <laughs> um, Do you have the name right here? Because I can, I can. I I don't have it. Do you okay. have it? Uh, yeah. Let me just let it load. Okay. So, uh, so it looks like filmmaker Nia DaCosta, uh, who directed the highly anticipated horror reimagining of Candyman. Right. That's uh, right. Is now set to direct Captain Marvel two. Now that's not even out yet, right? So like they're they're giving her this blockbuster. And we don't um, even know what her other. I I don't know her other credits. I don't know if she's done a bunch of other stuff. I don't I think no it's much. I don't think it's much. But uh, this says DaCosta replaces Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who helmed the original one. Right. Uh, and the DaCosta is the fourth woman and the first black woman to direct a Marvel Studios picture, following uh, Bowden and Fleck. Uh, Kate Shortland, who did Black, who's who's doing Black Widow, and then um, Chloe Zhao, who's doing Eternals. Uh, to be clear, I don't think Borden and Fleck were women, but uh... oh, I don't. I, Ryan Fleck, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure one of them. <laughs> so just Bowden, just Bowden. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, That's my apologies. And I mean, it's not like we haven't had other MCU directors, um, kind of kind of unknown i mean the eternals director's fairly unknown ryan coogler at the time had really his biggest thing was creed which i really like that movie don't get me wrong um and he did a fantastic job with black panther and then again with creed too so i mean maybe he is an up and coming really big director um nailing nailing those three um but at the time i mean having kind of only done creed there's still like a coin flip there, there. A, yeah it was a bit of guesswork <laughs> he may um, do something absolutely incredible but like, like this could be like we don't know for certain like was that was that a one-off or is he actually a really good director uh, it looks like he's a really good director yeah i, I say but, he i think i think he showed himself um but so, yeah so so this this could go both ways i know both of us are kind of middle ground Th- this actually makes me somewhat happy about Captain Marvel because I don't dislike Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's Same. just has some boring moments. <laughs> I think I think uh the story was too easily guessed. There was yeah. like it like it was a pretty for it being an amnesia story, it's very straightforward. Yeah, there were very few <laughs> moments that I, I was surprised in that. Yeah, which I can't say about m- many of the other MCU films I've watched. So at least on a first watch. At least on a first watch, you're right. Um, now again, that doesn't mean that I did that I disliked uh, Captain Marvel. I did enjoy the movie. I got to see some characters and some interactions that I wasn't expecting to. That I was pretty happy about. Also, uh, like her, whenever her and Nick Fury were on screen, mm-hmm. delightful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was good banter. Um, and I mean, I'm always, I'm always down for. I. And the wonderful thing is, we don't have to see the cat again. <laughs> Not what, what was the game? Goose. Yeah, Goose the Flurkin. 
the name is actually Chewie in the comics, which I think. Yeah, better name. You're not wrong. But yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I again, as you'd said, I wasn't quite aware that we had lost the other directors, but um, yeah. I mean, I guess this is they're trying to push forward with this project. Hopefully, we can get it's... a. We'll guess we'll get the sequel coming out in the next year. Or two. It's kind of it was kind of under the rug compared to we talked about like Scott Derrickson leaving Doctor Strange like that was that was pretty big noise mm-hmm. um and then just, Sam Raimi hard. coming in whereas this was kind of happening a little bit under the radar right um but who knows i mean if if uh DaCosta can bring to to this bring to this project something more than the uh, previous directors gave us then i'll be fine with that cuz again i liked the movie but i if it's uh it had its issues so what what are your thoughts you think this is is a step in the right direction or i think it's a step in the right direction but i have some weird reasons um so according to this article i just pulled up which might be wrong but uh according to this only 46 movies have ever hit $1 billion. Okay. Captain Marvel's one of them. Which, okay. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars at the box office. I'm talking worldwide here. Yeah. Uh, It made a billion dollars. And a studio goes, oh, you made a billion dollar movie, but uh, hmm, it wasn't really what we were thinking. You're kind of off the project now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's crazy, right? Making... Is this a choice beyond the financials mm-hmm. by a studio? <laughs> like, uh, or maybe maybe it is uh, a decision about the financials that, despite it making a billion dollars, it could have made two billion dollars. But it's like a billion dollars is nothing to slouch at. Don't get me wrong, um, and they should realize that that's nothing to slouch at. Right. But is this an idea that okay, Captain Marvel is pretty decent movie is okay um it made a billion dollars but we want to make captain marvel 2 great we want captain marvel 2 to continue to make a billion dollars we want to drag people back into the theaters or wherever and we want people we we want this to be great so even though one was good two could be better which is always a risky move because better is the enemy of good (laughs) right um but it goes to because this is such a even though uh the, the marvel movies take a loose interpretation of the comic book stories anyways and an amalgamation of several stories at a time uh this could though help point to okay, well, we want to go into this more character-driven story from the comics or whatever, um, and we feel this person might be better at telling it or something. Uh, it could be that. Uh, it could. I mean, I, I want directors who are who are uh, very knowledgeable about the subject that they're directing. I, I think it lends to a more uh, cohesive project. Yeah. I don't... I I don't I'm not saying you need to be an avid comic reader, but at least do a little bit of research into the into right. the stories you're telling. So I mean, if 
hopefully Tacosta, if if Tacosta hasn't read any comics included with um, about Captain Marvel, hopefully she will. So she gets an idea and, and just doesn't go based off of what the first movie gave us. I don't know. From the way Brie Larson talks, it sounds like she's read enough comic for <laughs> Captain Marvel comic books for everyone on set. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good that she's read. Yeah, them. for I, sure. I, mean, I like for it. Sure. I would be be knowledgeable about your source material. Uh, on the flip side, they, there is a pessimist in me that maybe sees this as a downside. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's okay. It's just like a, it's it's a downside idea, but like I think I'll be fine with it as a fan. Uh, okay. And it's the idea that Marvel has in its later phases has kind of leaned into some lesser known directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes me wonder if now, now there's a few like um, the Russo brothers had, were pretty well known from some other projects. Um, James Gunn was pretty well known from some other projects, but different genre. Yeah. Um, Scott Derrickson known from other projects but didn't work out um, Sam Raimi coming in well known from other projects um, and if you actually look at a lot of Marvel directors a lot of them do come from the horror genre um, which I think is why Marvel movies feel so different mm-hmm. is because they're genre directors maybe uh, um, but the the downside that I'm pointing to is that uh, if we're looking at a lot of these movies coming up, um, Eternals, Captain Marvel 2, uh, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They're somewhat unproven directors. And it makes me wonder if Marvel wasn't able to push around some of the the bigger egos and so they're like, oh, well, we'll get someone who's still trying to prove themselves. They can't possibly have an ego then because they have to earn their ego. Um, and so they're like, oh, well, we'll get these lesser known people. Uh, it makes me wonder if that's happening. Now, as a fan, like I said, when probably the more Kevin Feige gets involved with the storytelling, maybe the better the movie. Because <laughs> um, obviously he probably knows exactly what's going on more than most people uh more than an individual director for instance probably because uh, he knows what's going on in five years um and some of the writers but otherwise uh like so, so like i said that that could be what's happening which like is bad for behind the scenes I don't think it'll too much affect the movie we get. I think it'll still be a good movie either way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think Marvel has done a pretty decent job. I mean, you don't hear too many bad stories about set that they were like, Oh, the movie was going to turn out this way. And then they had this drastic shift. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, the the fact I mean may, maybe that will happen but uh, it's impar- or or impar- they keep impar- or they keep it under wraps which all studios right. should do yes um, but otherwise 
it seems like they managed to course correct or develop in such a way that we get m good products more often than not. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited for this because they, they talk about there, there's some rumors that Captain Marvel 2 is kind of going to be a pretty big movie. So uh, I'm excited. I'm uh, looking forward to it. In as terms, maybe a lot of characters, and um, I'm thinking Secret Wars stuff, but not Secret Wars, Secret Invasion stuff. Captain Marvel Civil War. Yeah, kind of. Uh, just saying that I I pitched that, but uh, it was the obvious <laughs> choice. It, it was surface level. I just scooped that off the top. Right. Um, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think this movie's still a ways out. I think it's like three years out, four years, Probably. which is like six movies. So <laughs> like three years doesn't sound like a lot of time to be away from a movie, but we're getting six before that or something. Yeah. I think the earliest we'll, we'll hear about this is, or the earliest we'll possibly see this is probably 2022, like late. Now something that is interesting about this movie that I just remembered that actually has me super excited for it is the writer is the same writer for the WandaVision TV series. Okay. And we already know in the WandaVision TV series a certain character will be popping in, and that's Monica Rambeau, mm -hmm. who probably will have a decent role in Captain Marvel too. Considering her Monica, her moniker, Monica, her Monica, <laughs> her moniker, uh, she was Captain Marvel before the female Captain Marvel. She was the female Captain Marvel. <laughs> Yeah. Because um, first you had the original Cree dude, Captain Marvel. Yep. Um, he dies, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, and then you have Monica Rambeau come into her powers. She becomes Captain Marvel, and some of the Avengers are like, "You can't use that name. There already was a Captain Marvel." <laughs> Uh, and then she earns it, and they're like, "All right, I guess you can." And then even Marvel shows back up, and he's like, "You're using my name," and she's like, "Uh, sorry. To be honest, I didn't know you existed." <laughs> and he was just like, "Honestly, you're pretty cool," because they just had like this really big fight against I don't remember who. Um, and he was just like, "You seem like you're worthy to protect Earth," and um, and it was a really good passing of the torch, and then. They passed the torch again when he saved Carol Danvers' life, um, and she took on the moniker Miss Marvel to honor him because he died again. He dies a lot. <laughs> uh, he's the Phil Coulson of the comics. Uh, he dies many a time. Um, and then Monica Rambeau goes on to take on several other names of Photon and... I think that might be the one she's using right now. Is Photon? Man, we just gotta, we just gotta get Young Avengers. Uh, which I believe Photon was Monica Rambeau's mother's Air Force call sign, right? Photon. I think that was right. Mm -hmm. uh, which is an awesome call sign, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, so with Monica Rambeau showing up potentially this year with Wandavision, and then again in Captain Marvel two, this this product does have me excited. No, it'll be it'll be something to look forward to. Hopefully, we can uh, we'll get it we'll get it soon. So, yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be more news to come. Um, there usually is. Yeah, hopefully. 
Um, hopefully, it's better news than this week. It was kind of a down week. I had s- yeah. some passionate things to say. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, the movie theaters are dead. Long live the movie theaters. Uh, we'll find out what the, the new era of movie theaters becomes uh, in a few weeks. I mean, like I said, movie theaters, my movie theaters opening up. If you're interested in going to the theater, look look it up. See if, see if they're opening. Um, everybody stay safe. We will be watching. Uh, I think we are going to watch it because we haven't watched. <laughs> I was going to say a bad movie. I don't know that it's bad. I haven't heard anything, any direction, good or bad about this movie. Uh, All right, stop teasing them. What is I, it? I, I will say I would have seen this movie in theaters, so I would have reviewed it. We would have reviewed it had it gone to theaters. Um, but it's kind of slipped through the cracks. Um, you you should be able to guess it from that, right? Uh, <laughs> Sounds like every movie ever. Yeah, every movie ever. I'll review it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> uh, it is Scoob. I'm talking about the latest rendition of Scooby-Doo, um, an animated movie, not uh, not live not another live action one. It is 3D animation, I believe, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what to think of it. I didn't pay too much attention to the trailers. It's, I mean, Scooby Doo's pretty cool. I, I watched Scooby Doo when I could. I watched, uh, I watched a lot of Scooby Doo. So, what was uh, your favorite Scooby Doo animated movie? What was your ah, favorite? Geez. Like the problem is I don't remember the names of half of them. My absolute favorite was Scooby Doo meets Batman and Robin. <laughs> That's a good one. It's I have the VHS still. All-time favorite. It's it's just barely over an hour, but it is a fantastic movie. I don't know which one's my favorite, but the one that I've never been able to get out of my mind, and I like I said, I don't remember the title of it. It was the video game one. Oh, uh, the Cybertron. Yes, this. I love that one too. Yeah, that one's very. That very one is so etched into my mind. I agree. I can play like that entire movie in my head. Man, we should watch that sometime. Uh, <laughs> or we can do it for the podcast. But I just want to watch it again. Uh, but yeah, so we will be watching Scoob for next week. Uh, we will be having Flyzik on sometime in the near future. Uh, next couple weeks. Uh, also, is that next week? No, that's not next week. That is the following week. Um, I don't know what movie we'll be watching just yet that week, but we will be talking quite a bit about DC Fandome virtual con whatever you want to call it i don't know um this is the dc comic con kind of thing um it'll be virtual online i'm gonna try and watch some stuff there's also some rumors that during that same week there might be trailers for other things um non-dc related as well so i have a feeling that week is going to be pretty entertaining uh otherwise scoob next week and uh, hope you enjoyed our review of Jojo Rabbit. Enjoyed our very provocative talk about movie theater le- legality <laughs> um, and legal terms. Otherwise, that's Ian Rismondo. I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. Everybody stay safe. We'll catch you next time.